Welcome to the fifth QuackCast, the skeptical and sarcastic evaluation of quacks, frauds, and charlatans. Oh, sorry, whoops. I mean, alternative and complementary medicine, of course. This podcast is done on May 22nd, 2006, and today the topic is the placebo effect. This is brought to you by the side project of Pusware LLC, the publisher of the Persiflager's annotated compendium of infectious disease facts, opinion, and dogma, your Uber hyperlinked electronic guide to infectious diseases, available at pusware.com, and where you will also find the Persiflager's podcast, a bi-weekly review of infectious diseases. If you do a search of podcasts in medicine, the bulk of the results will point you to many sites on complementary and alternative medicine, all of which are, well, garbage. There is, of course, the excellent quackwatch.com, the source for all things quackery. And there are plenty of skeptical sites, with skepticality and point of inquiry being the best podcasts I have found to date. But there is a lack of podcasts that look skeptically at alternative medicine and put them in a scientific context. This is a shame, for, as to judge from the medical school in my neck of the woods, critical thinking and alternative medicine do not seem to go together. So you are in luck. I'm an infectious disease doctor with a long interest in things skeptical, and I've been honing my podcast skills for the last six months with my infectious disease podcasts, available as mentioned above at pusware.com, by the way. So I've decided to branch out of my podcasting into another area of life and medicine that interests me, and have embarked upon what will be a series of hopefully short podcasts covering various aspects of alternative medicine. As Baruch Spinoza said, quote, I have made a ceaseless effort not to ridicule, not to bewail, nor to scorn human actions, but to understand them, end quote. This does not apply to me. Ridicule and scorn are my two favorite approaches to all ought not med, because is it all so stupid? And as time goes on, you too will see why. And so now on to today's vicious screed. Before we delve deeper into the morass that is alternative medicine, we need to talk about placebo. Because it is often said the effects of alt.med is the placebo effect. Now, I'm a practicing physician, and outside of pain, I have never understood the placebo effect. Just how is it supposed to work? How does actively doing nothing have an effect? I don't get it. And except for pain, where it probably does have a minimal effect, since attention and attitude have some effect on how one perceives pain. I have read and cannot find the reference that we can attend to about 10% of incoming stimuli. You are probably not paying attention right now to how your feet feel until the moment I mention it due to the incredible fascination with this podcast. And so it is with pain. Certainly, if you alter your perception of pain, you will have less pain. Pain clinics rely on this. And so with the exception of pain, one has to wonder how the placebo effect works. Now, I'm not one of those who stupidly thinks that perception of reality is reality. I'm not Karl Rove. But there is a world independent of human perception that can be measured. And so if actively doing nothing can cause a positive result, we should objectively be able to measure it. First, however, remember that every disease has a natural history and that many illnesses get better on their own. If you treat a cold, for example, it gets better in 14 days, wherein if you don't treat it, it will be better in two weeks. So many studies that purport to show a placebo effect are probably showing the natural history of the disease, especially with acute illnesses. People do get better, and I always make a point of taking credit when my patients do improve and, of course, blaming the nurse when they don't. But this feature that patients get better no matter what you do can also be used to show 
efficacy of quack nostrums. This is a topic for a future podcast, but certainly crediting the natural history of the disease to the alternative medicine intervention is a way that alternative medicine continues to exist. It's also important to remember, especially for acute processes, that most people seek care for their illness at the peak of their symptoms. Few people come in when they have been ill for an hour or two, except for the most hypochondriacal of patients. And so when patients come in at their most sick and they take a medication or a placebo and get better, it's hard to credit a placebo effect since, again, what you're seeing is the natural history of the disease. This may not be true of men who frequently don't come in until their wives or girlfriends drag them in at death's door, and so men tend to die off no matter what we do because they always present to the physician too damn late. For more chronic processes, besides the fact that patients tend to get better and there tends to be variation in disease, and this shows up in the concept of regression to the mean. First described by Galton in the 1800s, I like his description, which he called regression to mediocrity, which sort of sums up society in general. But this is the fact that most processes will average out over time. See the show notes for an excellent references found on the web. And so that patients in the treatment arm will get better, well, so will patients in whom you do nothing. I'm going to quote here from the British Medical Journal. Quote, an example of regression to the mean. Treatment to reduce high levels of a measurement. In clinical practice, there are many measurements, such as weight, serum cholesterol, concentration, and blood pressure, for which particularly high or low values are assigned to underlying disease or risk factors for disease. People with extreme values of measurement, such as high blood pressure, may be treated to bring their values closer to the mean. If they are measured again, we will observe the mean of the extreme group is now closer to the mean of the whole population. That is, it is reduced. But this should not be interpreted as showing an effect of the treatment. Even if subjects are not treated, the mean blood pressure will go down owing to a regression to the mean. The first and second measurement will have to be correlated because of the inevitable measurement error and biologic variation. So what you may be seeing is the natural history of disease and with chronic illnesses, the tendency of the measurements of diseases to average out over time. So in many studies, you are not seeing the quote effect unquote of a placebo, but either the natural history of the disease or the regression to the mean to account for the quote placebo effect unquote. There's lots of quotes there. Four quotes will make a gallon. That's a Groucho Marx joke. Also, remember that patients will consciously or unconsciously tell their doctors what they want to hear. I think the best example of this is the Penn and Teller episode of BS, where people are treated with demagnetized magnets, and they show a hilarious example of patients saying that they're having an effect where there are none due to, quote, magnets, unquote, which aren't there. We, as physicians, are authority figures, and most people are sheep that do what the authorities tell them to do. Our whole country is evidence of this, but I am well aware that I can have effects on my patients and what and how I say things can change their attitudes and results in their approach to their disease, but these only have effects on those issues that have a significant cognitive or psychological overlay, pain and well-being, etc. All physicians have a, quote, placebo effect in that sense of the concept. This is addressed with its usual flaky way in the Annals of Internal Medicine in an article entitled Deconstructing the Placebo Effect and Finding the Meaning of Response. 
But can I alter meningitis to diminish the size of a heart attack or prevent a stroke with a placebo? I think the only way to know what effect placebo has is to look up studies where treatment is compared with placebo and or treatment is compared with nothing. And hey, we're in luck. There's such an article exists. And it is the usual meta-analysis. This one found in the New England Journal of Medicine. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Meta-analysis, meta-analysis. But they are important ways of validating previously held beliefs. And the New England Journal of Medicine is still somewhat reliable. So these researchers went and looked at a series of articles. They looked for articles that had a placebo wing. And they looked at articles that had a do-nothing wing. So they compared treatment versus placebo and treatment versus nothing. And a placebo in this situation could be anything. It could be a tablet. It could be a manipulation. It could be a conversation. And what they found in looking at these studies that they found, and I go from the conclusion here, quote, little evidence in general that placebos had powerful clinical effects. Although placebos had no significant effects on objectives or binary outcomes, they had possible small benefits with continuous subjective outcomes and for treatment of pain. Therefore, they conclude that outside of clinical trials, there is no justification for the use of placebos. End quote. So what they found is that if you had an objective measurement for your intervention, that placebo was the same as doing nothing. The effect you found could be found in the regression to the mean, if any. That if you had pain, that there was some effect from placebo. And again, in processes with psychologic overlay, this does not surprise me. However, what was the degree of the effect of pain? On a 1 to 100 scale, it was about 6.5. So if your pain was 100 and you got placebo, it went down to 93.5. Personally, I'd rather get an opiate. I always remember that episode of MASH where a whole ward of post-op trauma patients was put to sleep with a placebo when the fighting 4077 ran out of morphine. Evidently, the writers had also run out of reality as the whole post-op ward should have been screaming in pain from the trauma of their surgery. And so I think we can add placebo to the myths of medicine. Myths that include that normal temperature is 98.6, that atelectasis causes fever, that we only use 10% of our brain, well, homeopaths do. And now we can add that there is no placebo effect. So when you hear it said that alt-med is a placebo effect, remember this is the same as saying that alternative medicine does nothing, which it does. Thank you, the end. And so that brings us to the end of another episode of the QuackCast, an occasional review and rant on alternative medicine, brought to you as a side project of Pusware.com, where you will also find the Persiflagers podcast, a bi-weekly review of the infectious disease literature. References for this podcast are on the website, and you can send hate mail and spam to me at knowitall at quackcast.com. The music is by my son when he was 12, improvising on the guitar, and now, if you will excuse me, I need to go and get my key balanced. Thank you. Indictation. Goodbye.